Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to our static dress episode. Well, we're, we're, uh, blah, 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 blah. It's a great start, Andrew. What are we going to do? Start. We will be talking about... <laughs> I, uh, I've been getting weird, like, sores sometimes on my tongue. Really? Yeah. And so I end up talking like that. That's why I don't hurt my <laughs> tongue. And so... I kind of felt like you were making fun of me there. I also I wasn't trying I'm wearing to. a retainer now some at night. Okay. Because my teeth my teeth were moving. Well then I should have been like Nate's the one talking right now. Um, but I didn't That would have been a line quick. It, yeah, I mean You'd be breaking one of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. I uh I maybe have broken a ten commandment in my day. That being said, I don't know how to segue back into this. We are talking about Static Dress's latest album, first album, correct? I think it's their only one. Don't they just have an EP? Yeah, they do. So first LP, Rogue Carpet Disaster, which I was just mentioning to Nate before we uh, started this uh, podcast, that like genuinely one of my favorite album titles of all time i don't know why i think rogue carpet disaster is so funny and so weird and i love it um so um i don't know how they came up with that but um but yeah static dress rogue carpet disaster we're gonna talk about it um as is common nate told me about this album so i always like sending it back to him to be like yo tell me where are you finding this stuff how are you so cool where are you finding cool music um so nate tell me a little bit about um how you stumbled on static dress and i will say this quick also as something i would like to hear when you text me about this album you said i almost didn't want to tell you right now because I kind of wanted to like wait on it a little bit, but I know that this is going to be like a quintessential Andrew album. And so uh, at some point I had to tell you about this or, or like something to that effect. But either yeah. way, you use the term quintessential Andrew album um, yeah. before sending it, which I would say sets the expectations pretty high um, <laughs> right away for like, okay, but you know me really well. You know what I like, what I don't like maybe, which is not probably as big of a list as what I do like, but still, you know what I don't like. And for the first few episodes of this podcast, you just kept picking Florida Georgia line songs to make me hate you. Um, but um, tell me not only how did you find Static Dress um, as a band, but Tell me a little bit about your thoughts behind why you thought I would like it and it would be a quintessential Andrew album. Yeah, so I uh, hate to disappoint you. I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, unlike you, who is a liar, <laughs> and say I don't know where I found the band. Okay. I will say, I'll just like throw out one way that I do find uh, new releases um, is... A combination of checking like a few different review um, 
websites, mm-hmm. along with checking album of the year, which is, I'm sure there's multiple websites like this, but it's a website that keeps track of almost all the releases that are happening. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a list of every record that's been released this week, and then you'll see how many user reviews it has, how many critic reviews it has, so that you'll know whether it's not popular or not, though you will find that out, but more... well-received. Yeah, like, are people interested in it or not? Um, And so I remember either seeing reviews on it from album of the year or just from a review site and them basically being like hey this is a new record that's a blast from the past Mm -hmm. and when i first listened i was almost shocked yeah because it so perfectly fits into a very specific niche Mm -hmm. group of artists or a specific style that we grew up listening to that I was just like blown away that artists were going back to that exact specific sound. Yeah. Um, Obviously there's so much callbacks to different eras and different genres, but I have yet to hear anybody go back that faithfully yep. to that specific yeah. sound and era. Yep. And so um and so I know that it's an era that you and I both appreciate, yep. that you really appreciate, I think. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I said it was like a quintessential Andrew album. Yep. Also I think you're a little bit more into rock than mm-hmm. I am. Yep. Like just rock. Yeah. Um, and so even though obviously this isn't just rock, it yeah. fits more of that mm-hmm. um, like heavier rock sound. Yeah. Um, so that's another reason why I said it was quintessential Andrew. Yeah. But yeah, so going back to what you said though about me sharing it with you, I heard about this record around i don't want to overshoot it but i think it was around like two months ago i forget Mm. when exactly it came out um but approximately two months ago yeah and i knew the second i heard it the first song yeah a lot one month ago I, i i heard about it in may when it came out okay um and we're in like mid to late june um so when I heard it, I was like, I got to save this. I'm not going to tell Andrew about it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to sit on it mm-hmm. and wait until like I need a record. Yeah. And so what happened was we were prepping for um, this upcoming week. And Andrew was like, hey, Nate, I feel good. Let's do Bar T Strange. We both listen to that record, both like yeah. that record. What's another record we could do? And I said to myself, <laughs> I know ex- I've been waiting for this moment. Yeah. I know exactly what I want to do. I want to show Andrew the new Static Dress record. And so I pulled it out of my back pocket, mm-hmm. 
I flung it across the table. Yep. And uh, and here we are. Yep. And across the table, you mean from Boston to Philly? <laughs> yeah. Was, Metaphorically uh, speaking. Nate has a crazy big forearm. So. Yeah. I basically. I was trying to I was trying to make a lame joke about yeah. the Barty Strange record being called Farm to Table. Yeah. But it you wasn't going to work. Table the record. You're the farmer. It was my table. You um, know, I uh, <laughs> I had a student um, doing a project a presentation, mm-hmm. and they were using jokes as like a metaphor for something. Yeah. And I was like, you really should like give some jokes. Mm-hmm. as like a good like way to get people into it and they made a couple jokes um and then this one joke they said was really funny they go and i i, for, I forget the exact wording so i'm gonna butcher it yeah but uh it said something like uh yeah so i got this really good unemployment joke but i don't think i'm gonna give it because it's I just I just don't think it's gonna work. <laughs> it's good. It's good. And uh I really I enjoyed appreciate it. it. I appreciate that one. I feel like that's one of those jokes you don't laugh as loud right away. You like start with a slow laugh, like you're trying to fight it a little bit. And then like you stop trying to fight it too much and you just accept it's a good joke. Yeah, for me, it's more I'm a, a little bit of a slow thinker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Know? Yeah. And so she yeah. said it, and it took me like maybe like a second, and yeah. I was like, oh, shoot. That's I not that it. slow. I'll be I honest. See. If you get I it in a second, that's not, that, that's not that slow. Well, sometimes, you know, you laugh right away. For me, yeah. it was like yeah. it, took a, just, it took a sec, yeah. and then I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. And I thought it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, back to this album, because I don't know how to segue, Um, except for the fact that maybe some of these things, like, I feel like they're having fun, too. Oh, definitely. The album title, oh, even, okay, I'm just going to jump into this, I I know this is weird, but, like, song 10, uh, unexplainable titles leave you wondering why, and then, like, welcome in um, deal. But, like, that, that title... The way that that title was written out is so of this era that they're trying to go back to, isn't it? Yeah. Also, like, uh, track five, Courtney, just yeah, relax. Yep. Like yep. so fits yep. it. And for some reason, Andrew, the name Courtney specifically, like it feels like that's <laughs> like I, I'm not actually trying to joke. Like weirdly, like it feels no, like that's like true. an emo girl that they're yes. like, like at that time. Like I feel like if it said like Rebecca, just relax, it wouldn't. It somehow has to or be like, Courtney. Yeah. yeah no, I know Courtney what you mean. is good. Yep. And you feel no, like very... attempt eight is probably an inside joke yep. of like how many times it took them to record something or do this something. This is like very attack attack, Devil Wears Prada, like those types of bands for the titles of the yep. songs. Do you want to know my favorite? <laughs> I'm going to give it away maybe. Um, but my favorite punctuation in any title? Uh, I mean, there's only a few that do punctuation. I know. So maybe, maybe? It's not maybe, although I like that. And maybe I should rethink this, but no. It's sweet. 
Yeah. I like that it's sweet, period. There's something yep. really funny about that, too. So on and the They on mix the up the lowercase and uppercase a lot, too. Yeah, they do. They do. So, like, such a shame, sweet, flea house, yep. cubicle dialogue, but then everything else starts uppercase. Yep. And then, is anything all caps? No. No. Not on this one. But that feels like that... Although that almost feels like all caps would take them a little newer than they're even going. Like, I don't remember yeah. seeing a lot of all caps no. in, like... Like, okay, so the era I would say that they're going back to is, like, a... Um, mid two thousands, um, yeah, mid to late two thousands, mid to late, yeah, yeah, mid to late, um, mid to late, like a two thousand five to two thousand ten. That's literally mid to late, but like, and it's that like is... post hardcore emo. Yes, I don't yes. know that. There's probably a specific name for the genre that so we're talking I looked, about, but and it said, um, they make hardcore punk, but yeah. um. I don't, I don't think that's think what it that was that called. Works well. Um, no. I think because they're like, not punk. They no, are not. They're not stop, musically. This is not punk. No, and that's where it had punk in it. It was either like punk hardcore or like something. But I'm fairly certain that the description it said punk, and I remember being like, "No." Um, I feel like it's funny. I almost wanted to be like I've heard that term post hardcore a lot um but they wouldn't be post hardcore they're almost pre-hardcore like like because they're going back like if we're in post hardcore now then they're either hardcore or like pre-hardcore well no because under oath like started post hardcore okay so So then it's just the genres lasted for like a relatively long time so like caspian's post hardcore yeah under oath, like even Devil's Prod is post hardcore, so yeah. they're still technically post hardcore, but they they're almost like re post hardcore in the sense yep. that, like, the genre has like gone off in so many different ways, but they are returning to like a very specific yep. part of it. What's so, funny, oh, you go. Well, I feel like I'm going to take it a very specific direction. Go ahead. And I just want to give an overall thing. Yeah. And I have done very little research on yes. the band yeah. and the record and stuff. But I was wondering, like, what are influences they have? And are oh. the influences the exact bands that we think of when we hear yeah. um, of this, the, the, when we hear this record? So, like, for us... Or at least for me, and I think you share in a lot of these, it's like yep. Dead Poetic, you had mentioned, which yep. totally agree. We got Red Jumpsuit. We have mm-hmm. even like niche bands like Chasing Victory. That's a deep cut. Yeah. Do you remember Chasing Victory? Yeah, I do. And you're, and so, you're completely correct. And so it's like you, you got all all in that type of vein. Nope. Um, but what's funny is when I looked up um, influences. I found some interviews, and the main guy, his name's Ollie, which I think is funny mm-hmm. because of just like Ollie Sykes. Even though they don't have Bring Me the Horizon st- yeah. type of style, no. The fact that he's returning to like the this older era, I think, is interesting. Yeah. But he was kind of talking like they're doing something different. 
they're like pushing the boundaries. They're um, not doing the status quo. Yeah. And what's funny is, and I I've I'm not I'm not saying they aren't. Yeah. What's funny is is that how do I phrase this? Could hey so like Dead Poetic for instance let's just take one artist yeah Dead Poetic was made responding to a specific like artistic movement yeah could a band like Static Dress end up sounding very similar to Dead Poetic or other bands like that without even knowing about those bands because they are responding to a similar movement or like a similar and could they just naturally be creating a very similar style of stuff unintentionally yeah without copying without even an aware could he be thinking and could the band be thinking that they're breaking new ground yeah. when really they're just revisiting the past yeah. um it's a question i have and it's only the band question. could answer it yeah but yeah I never thought about that. The the thing, the direction I was headed, you're kind of teeing up, um, is influences that we hear. And one thing I just want to mention off the top, every single song I hear a different artist. Mm. Now, there are some, like Dead Poetic, I would say, is probably the best. And, uh, and Chasing Victory, now that you mentioned, because they're actually very similar um, to each other. And then this, where it's kind of... Um, pretty hard and then like occasional high screams like not very low screams but like a very yeah. high scream um, both of those bands did that well um, but I like legitimately could go through I'm not going to and I haven't prepped this so I don't have it easy to say but I could go through listen to a little bit and tell you which artists I think I hear in that song I would say certain songs I hear multiple artists, which we'll mm-hmm. get into in a little bit. Um, but what's weird about them is that they're they're almost to me coming across, and this is gonna sound like a bad thing, um, but they're almost like a cover band who instead of picking one band, they've picked an era that yeah. they're covering. And so what would be crazy, but although very likely to have happened, like, I think they're young enough. They might have not been. That's what's what's interesting. And this movement might have been more America. And let's say like they're from England. Maybe they didn't have the same movement there at the same time. Like, even though some of these American bands became global, like Under Oath was huge like dead poetic yeah was like i would say big for like here but i don't think that they were like big in england if i were to guess like i don't I feel like they idea. were that type of band um they're probably not even that big outside of people who really listen to this genre specifically so um but like to pull all of these different bands from that era um because there's songs that like even there's parts of songs that do sound like new metal, um, mm-hmm. too. Like not every single moment on the album sounds throwback. Um, but what's weird is it almost 
I've always taken it as them like, we love new metal, we love post hardcore, whatever you're calling like that time, like that 2005, 2010, whatever that range, and we want to see if we can do all these odes to these people while trying to combine it with new stuff. And I kind of texted Nate about this, almost like everyone's going for like the early 2000s sound right now, especially like early 2000s pop rock is kind of the sound um, right now that everyone's trying to go back to some of that nostalgia. They almost seem like they jumped ahead of everyone like, oh, at some point emo is going to be cool again. Like everything comes back. Emo is going to be cool. And so let's jump about five years sooner than most people will um, or like a few years sooner than other people will start revisiting this emo, this this time frame. Um, let's do it now. And so that's always where I've taken their um, their trajectory as a band like from. But who knows? Who knows how they actually found this sound and... They could easily be thinking, hey, every song is like our style. We've created this. But like that's yeah. why it sounds like different bands is because they didn't have one influence that they're sticking to. It's like they're creating different stuff. I don't know. Um, I do want to talk real quick about um, uh, not really track, list, track listing, but um, song structure. I think song mm-hmm. structure is one of the big takeaways from this album. Most songs on this have a max of three different parts. I would say, or sorry, not three different parts, not max, a minimum of three different parts. Mm-hmm. Meaning, most songs max at about that. You have your verse, chorus, and bridge. Three parts. Yeah. It's pretty common. The most standard they ever get on this album is, I don't even know, like there's something else besides just verse, chorus, bridge. But I would say most of them literally start to end, never repeat a section. Um, Or maybe repeat one section that you like. Uh, Maybe that's the chorus. But like the songs just progress. They don't actually go back um, to almost anything, which is why quite often you can be in a song and hear multiple artists um, in that song because each section they're changing up so much. I mm. would say some big takeaways for me are the diversity on the album. <laughs> There's songs like, obviously, like, Flea House starts, like, it's really hard. It starts. Then kind of, like, Flea House probably sounds the most, like, dead poetic to me. Um and then you have songs like Attempt 8 um, is like so softer. like so soft, so ethereal. Um, that song reminds me of like the color morale. Um, mm. I think his voice at times actually really sounds like the color morale. Um, and then um, I'm trying to think like like uh, Dissenter like has like a very unique chorus. Um, yeah, and that one, um, I don't know. There's just such range to the album, and most songs, the song structure is really weird and doesn't repeat stuff. Um, so, just talking about that kind of as an overarching thought, like what they're doing on this album, different influences, um, 
and song structure. Do you have anything to add there? Any any thoughts from listening to it yourself? Yeah, so I think um, the way I'll talk about it is even though I've listened to this record like a decent amount of times, mm-hmm. I still don't know it well. Yeah. And I think that's kind of pinpointing exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. When you have a lot of repetition, you might only need to listen to a song once and you remember it pretty well yep. because you heard the verse three times and you heard the chorus three to four times and the bridge, it might be different, but also the, maybe the bridge started off in the intro and the bridge is the outro too. <laughs> like yep. the, the way repetition works helps with memory, obviously. And so for me, listening to this record, I'll listen through it and it's really hard for me to remember the songs Mm -hmm. and i can remember oh i like that song sure or i can remember like oh that was heavy or that was Mm -hmm. soft Mm -hmm. but i can't remember like specific melodies or like the fully map it out and so this is a record that um my favorite record of last year which is uh by the band far caspian Mm -hmm. is similar not in the sense of the song structures Mm -hmm. though kind of similar he mixes it up too but it's a type of record where i think i'm gonna need to listen to it around like 15 times yeah and then i'll start to like know it yeah like actually know it like know exactly where i am and exactly where i'm going and so that's fun for me yeah. To be able to know, like, there's so much meat left on the bone. Yep. Um, and once you've listened that much and once you know it, that's when you actually know what you think about the record. Because for me, I don't know about you, Andrew, but, like, I listen to a song in light of where it's going. Yeah. So, like, when I'm listening to the verse... Yep. When you know what the chorus is, it helps impact how you're listening to sure. the verse. Or when you know the bridge or you know how it, the verse is going to be switched around with the second mm-hmm. verse. So when I don't know where it's going, it's hard for me yep. to know how I like what's happening. Sure. Um, so really, this is a record that I have no idea what I think about it sure. outside of the fact that it's really well done. Yes. Um I know we don't usually go into uh, production yeah. first. Well, actually, we often do go into production we'll, first. We'll go wherever. I think nothing special, but just really solid production. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. comment on that? Yeah. It's so weird because I don't think about the production here, yeah. which sometimes is good. Definitely. Like, it's almost lost in just the sense that, like, Every song is so different that I feel like it does actually have to be produced different. Um, but what's weird is there are underlying, like, there is an underlying sound to them. Like, I don't want to say that every song doesn't sound like them. Like, they're creating and cultivating this style that starts to sound like them, even though, and I want to, oh, after I answer this, talk about vocals, but, um, but like, the guitars I don't even know there's not actually a lot that is similar in between songs like mm-hmm. 
like I'll just mention the guitars are vastly different in almost every song. Like, like there are times that they're just writing pretty um, standard from a chord standpoint that it's like your normal four chords. And then there's songs like, um, uh, I think it's in Dissenter where like, there's a really weird chord in the chorus that you're not expecting. And they do that a few times through, which also sometimes is just like European rock music does some <laughs> way cooler chord work than, um, than American rock music does. We get pretty lazy with chords here, but then there's even like, and there's all these technical terms. I don't know. But, like, the styles of metal that they're kind of going between all have different guitar work, usually, in those styles. And there's, like, names for all of those styles. I'm really bad at knowing all the names of those guitaring styles. But, like, their guitars are playing, like, in five or six different genres that usually one guitarist just kind of sticks, like... Like, there are some breakdowns on the album. It's, like, one song has, like, some breakdowns, and that's, like, the only times they use breakdowns. Usually, if a band uses breakdowns, they're a breakdown band. Like, that's just the easiest yeah. thing I'll say. Um, so there's not much, actually, from the band keeping them too similar, um, but the production does that. And so I would say the production's very, very good. Yeah, nothing well, well, crazy... Or outstanding, but like does what it needs to do, which is connect these songs somehow. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head where it's like when I listen to the record, I don't see it the same way you do, though I think you're totally right. Where I don't listen and go, oh, all these songs are so different. Yeah. To me, actually, I'm like, oh, wow, all these songs are like the same. Interesting. And yeah. And again, you're right. I'm not. I'm no. Yep. And I'm not trying to disagree with you. Yep. Because you're totally right. But I think the production is what helps stick yep. the songs together. Yep. And I also just think when when they are kind of st- sticking within genres that we have so much experience in. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like even though you have a song that's heavy and a song that's not heavy, it still sounds similar because it's yep. your it, the feelings and the moments it brings you back to are all from the same time and the same era and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, like for me, it's similar even though it's completely different. Yep. If yep. that at all makes sense. Yep. Yep. It does. You said you it, wanted to go into vocals. So I or, do. I think one of the weirdest things is that I <laughs> swear they have three vocalists. Like, like genuinely, his voice changes a lot on this album. Yeah. Like, because I and, literally hear different vocal influences. Like, like I mentioned, like there's times on the album it sounds like the color morale. But then there's other times, if you're listening to that and you know the color morale as a band and you're like oh Andrew says they list that, that the vocalist sounds like the color morale there's going to be times that you're going to think I'm just crazy because he sounds mm. nothing like that he sounds like Spencer Chamberlain from Under Oath but like specifically they're only chasing safety like Spencer mm. he sounds like um there's a band that came back into my mind uh Greeley Estates I'm not sure if you ever listened to them I don't think I did um but like there's times that he sounds like him um 
there who he has a weird voice too like crazy like crazy highs and crazy lows whatever but like that's a crazy um change there's times that he sounds like blindside to me yeah which there's like definitely Definitely. some of that like european um sound uh, i mean from with blindside being from sweden and and them being from um england i don't it's obviously two vastly different areas but like you somehow get some of that in the vocal i feel like um um i'm trying to think other vocal uh vocalists that i thought he sounded like oh and then like some of his cleans um um write this down i'm not sure if you ever listened to them they were like Dude. a little bit later, but there's actually Wait. some write this down on this album too. Can can we just Dude, do you ever just completely, absolutely completely forget about an artist or a movie or something like that? Yeah. yeah. And somebody just pulls Dude. That's a deep cut. Yeah. That yeah. is a deep 99.9% cut. 99.9% of listeners will have never listened to write this down, but oh, um yeah. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah, but there's I just actually that some guy's moments. Epic beard. Yeah, he has he has a very very nice beard. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. And and you mentioned red jumpsuit. There's actually moments I think I hear that also in the vocals. Um, I still can't believe it's the same vocalist. Genuinely, like I think it's weird. The melodies are excellent. Like when he sings, I love the melodies. He doesn't have many melodies i would say on the album that i'm like okay that's like a pop melody or something like i feel like he doesn't write vocals to be catchy i don't feel like they write songs to be catchy um but like there's i don't know the few times that he really is like i'm gonna write like a catchy chorus like he nails it um so i really like the melodies I love the vocal production. That's actually the one thing that stands out. There's times where it sounds like he's uh, screaming into like a vocoder type thing. Um, uh, they add maybe some extra distortion or extra ambience if it's a softer one, um, like some reverb or something. But um, the production on his voice really changes his voice a lot and like genuinely doesn't sound like the same guy uh, from song to song. So. That's my takeaway with the vocals. Uh, did you have any thoughts about vocals? Yeah, so I think my main takeaway just overall is, I hate to beat a dead horse, but just how versatile he is, mm-hmm. if it's just him, as you said. Which it looked and, like, uh, like, that's where I looked them up to see, and like it's only listed that they have one vocalist. Well, yeah, so and like, I, I always kind be. of assumed it was just him. Yeah. yeah. Though I could have been wrong. Um, I think... One thing I'll say is, regardless of um, whether, going back to our original kind of question, which we didn't ask, what we did ask is, Mm -hmm. are they heavily influenced by early, oh, sorry, mid to late 2000s, emo, post-hardcore, screamo, all that Mm -hmm. stuff? Or are they kind of paving their own way and it just mm-hmm. happens to sound like, like it's influenced by yeah. all those bands? Yep. Um, my thing is, regardless of which answer it is, mm-hmm. let's say they are, I don't want to say ripping off, but heavily yeah. influenced yeah. 
like heavily, heavily, heavily mm-hmm. influenced by that era. They're doing it in a really with a lot of talent yes. and a lot of execution. Yes. So I think there's a big difference between bands or artists that copy and don't have the skills to back it up where technically instrumentally they are so clean and like really good but vocally he's he's very impressive yes like yep. and so i don't know if the full on artistry is there i mm-hmm. i'm guessing it is i'm choosing to believe that it is sure um and even if they are heavily influenced by it, it doesn't necessarily, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but they got the talent, and vocally, he has the talent. Yep. There's also, I'll just mention, vocally, he does a lot of whisper stuff. I have no clue what he's saying. But there's yeah. quite a few songs or or stuff, like, at the end, there's just, like, some whispering and stuff. And, uh, I don't know, there's, like, when I listen to this album... I don't know. It does. It's not creepy, but like with the whispering, it just like you leave the lights on. Yeah, yeah. I'm mm. not gonna like you go lock to bed your doors. Listening to it. Yeah. 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 Um, also, I I don't know if it's cover or not, but somehow Chevelle comes to mind a lot with this band. Dude, but I think that's it's a just, very Chevelle cover, dude. You I think right. it is. I think that's it. Um, I don't think they sound, at least vocally, he doesn't sound too much. I don't think they sound like him, but I just had to mention it because I think about them a lot with this album. But yeah, that cover could have been a Chevelle cover, it definitely could have been. Yeah, um, in another universe, uh, just some last things that I'll mention as far as just instrumentation is how easily they go in and out of sections that sound so vastly different. Um, I would say good metal bands do that like they can just change up at kind of the drop of a hat they can change to something different but what's interesting about them is because they have they're not just changing parts they're changing almost styles at times like and i really i think the guitars are like a big reason that i can't listen to these and not hear them doing vastly different things because like the guitar work is so like they go from like having some like really fast moving guitars again i I don't know like different eras but like almost like um like as i lay dying type guitars to like um devil wears prada like plagues guitars like i i don't know like like very weirdly different guitars and they go back to back like no like real separation um between some of that stuff so um the way that they're able to change as a band at the drop of a hat is is extremely impressive um and just needs to be mentioned we gotta talk off off uh air you know, As They Dying is basically done again. Did you hear that? They're done again? Basically, yeah. No. That's and, uh, yeah, it's not is looking it, too is great. It lead singer he didn't kill, again? he didn't kill, try to kill anybody again. Okay. I can say that. Yeah. But, uh, it sounds uh, like, it sounds like things didn't last. Shoot. So, oh. well, um, 
The band's that name is a sidebar later. Finally, come to fruition. Uh huh. Maybe that means that uh, Woven War will come back. I liked what the rest of the band was doing with Shane from uh, from O Sleeper almost more than I ever cared about As I Lay Dying. So maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Should we? Um, do, uh, we didn't talk about a single song specifically. No, and it's funny because I keep wanting it? to talk about certain songs, but I, especially my favorite song. But well, I'm I'm kind of torn between two uh, favorite songs. Um, so let's just give some. Uh, okay, uh, I will talk about two songs by mentioning songs. Um, song order i think song 11 and 12 are so interesting because song 11 sounds like the album's gonna be done um that really feels like that's the closing track especially after like 10 and stuff i really feel like song 11 feels like the closing track and then they have song 12 so i want to mention this as like a they made a weird choice that i've grown to like but i initially just wanted them to end soft but then i realized like that's not the type of band that they are. So mm-hmm. they probably should have um, ended hard. So how they did it is interesting, and I think it does work for them. But initially, I thought that they got it wrong. Like, I wouldn't have done it that way initially. The other thing that I thought is that the song um, Sweet, if I remember, um, Sweet would be a great track one. Um, mm. Now, Flea House is awesome because it starts with that huge scream and everything. Like, I feel like it introduces you to their sound the best. But Sweet is almost the better long intro, like, starting this album. And I feel like from that era, a lot of bands started with kind of a drum loop Um sound to their albums and so when i hear the start of sweet i think of an album starting in that in that era so it's interesting i might have swapped the last two and i might have swapped the first two from just song order i totally am fine slash really like the order that they chose um but those are just some interesting song structure um or not song structure um song order uh, things as far as that goes. Um, I will say this before we get to favorite songs that I think the middle of the album like there's a few back-to-back songs that like to me are like excellent. Um, The whole album's really good. But to me the middle of the album's like where I finally anytime I listen I'm like I just want this to continue. Like the first half of the album slash the middle of the album, it's like I just want to keep listening to that. Um, so okay, yeah. Let's. Uh, did you have any other thoughts? No. You want to pick think, favorite song? I think I'm good. I think. Actually, my last thought would be, I'm interested to see where they go with their next yeah. record. I mean, yeah. I know it's such like an obvious thing to say, but I. I think we'll know more about this record by their next record, if that yes. makes any sense. If yes. if their next record kind of goes off in a very different direction, it will help bring clarity. But if it's like yeah. very similar influence-wise, mm-hmm. that will help too. Yeah, if you're hearing those same bands and stuff, then I don't know what you draw from that, but part of me would start to believe maybe they stumbled on 
something that like they think that's their style so they're sticking to it um i guess you could just think of it as like well they were influenced by those same bands but my thought is if it sounds similar to this it's probably because they really thought that they like they stumbled on this sound by accident um but like they think that they're pioneering it and have to keep at it a little bit more but yeah yeah, i don't know all right um I'm between two tracks. I could go either way. So how about you pick first in case you pick one? I'll just go with the other. Um, so what is your favorite track from this album? Uh, yeah, so I, full disclosure, don't have a favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exactly what I said before, where I'm still trying to like even have songs themselves stand out and me know the identity of a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm not listening, yeah. Um, but I would say the song that I most know, or one of the songs I most know, I'm gonna go with this song. And the thing that puts it over the edge is the name. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Courtney. Just relax, because yeah. it is a punch in the face. Yep. Oh, and it is. It just hits you like a ton of bricks. Yep. And I think. It's a type of heavy, though, that's uh, really nice. Yeah. Like, I don't listen to this heavy and go, oh, that's heavy. I listen, I'm like, ooh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that's our familiarity with the genre, where, like, nothing mm-hmm. is, like, nothing feels too big because we've heard it. Yeah. You know? Like, yep. no matter how heavy they get, I'm going to be like, oh, I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. But... It's more about finding that groove and finding that pocket where it's like, ooh, that it hits nice. And so mm-hmm. I think Courtney, yep. just relax, hits nice. Yep. What about you? I will, um, I'll back you up on that. I'm not going to choose that, but that was the one that was going to win out between the two tracks I was torn between. Um, I think I like it just slightly more. Um, so I was between Courtney, just relax, which you picked, and Dissenter, um, featuring King Yosef, which we didn't even mention that. But um, I love the chorus on Dissenter. Um, again, the chord, how they're using chords on that is very interesting. They only repeat that chorus once, um, but that part does actually get stuck in my head the most um, of any part on this album um the guitar work on both of those tracks is my favorite um flea house is up there though too and sweet's really solid but yeah i i think just really solid guitar work um and everything and his vocals are just i love his vocals i'm not sure if i said that i love his vocals i was just mentioning how unique they are but i love them like i genuinely think he he nails it on this album so um they feel extremely talented at what they're doing. Like, it's weird because we mentioned this is their first LP. This sounds like a seasoned band because even even if they are just influenced by people and, like, trying to do that, like, we're talking about bands sounding like all-time great bands in these genres. Like, we're not picking, like, oh, this sounds like my local high school, like, emo band that was there in 2005 like this sounds like very established well um yeah like bands that did really well for themselves during that time um 
and they sound like them and they're just starting like feel like sky's kind of the limit for a band with that type of talent and uh and direction so we uh we'll see what happens with their next album um I'm probably going to be listening to this album until the next album because there's so much to still unpack. So, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, any final thoughts? You good, Dave? No. All right. I'm all good. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope that you liked Static Dresses Rogue Carpet Disaster as much as we slash I do. Um, I will say Nate was correct. It's quintessential Andrew. It's all, uh, they're touching on all the things that kind of formed a lot of my music opinions um and stuff so it is uh, just slotting right in as a quintessential andrew album um so i hope you feel the same way about it um reach out and let us know find us on our socials at ldl pod that's for twitter and instagram and you can also email us at long distance listening at gmail.com this might be one of those episodes that if you email us i might just like jump and uh and respond to you personally because I probably feel like I want to have more dialogue about this album than uh, than some other ones we've had because I really am curious other people who've listened to a lot of these bands I want to hear people just keep throwing out influences from that time that's also fun it's just like a lot of us listen to this like style and it feels like it's such like a weird time of at least for me it was like kind of probably high school yeah that would have been like end of middle school through high school time for me so um so i don't know it's just a great nostalgia uh for me so i love living in some of that nostalgia so reach out talk to us we love hearing from you and thank you so much for listening have a great rest of your day Andrew, what's your name again?